0: Hello, my name is Brian Lloyd and you are listening to The Revisit Podcast on entertainment.ie. On this episode I'm talking to fashion stylist and interior designer Joe Linhan about the movie The Bodyguard. So, The Bodyguard. I think everybody, when they talk about The Bodyguard, the thing that they'll immediately think of is is the Dolly Parton song, uh, possibly Whitney Houston's costumes, and, you know, maybe something about the end and when she comes off the airplane and hugs and kisses Kevin Costner and all that sort of thing. Um, these are all very valid things. I mean, I saw the movie a couple of, a couple of months ago when we recorded this podcast with Joe, and... That's pretty much all I can remember about it. There's no denying that The Bodyguard did have a massive, massive impact. I mean, you know, its box office was something like $411 million. It's become, th- like, the most associated movie with regards to Whitney Houston and her career. Um, certainly Kevin Costner as well. It's the one that people talk about. You know, they'll talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They'll talk about Dances with Wolves. Maybe talk about Waterworld. And, of course, The Bodyguard will be mentioned in there as well. Um... But as, uh, you know, an actual, I guess, critical uh, acclaim for it, it didn't get anything at all. It, I mean, it's in the low 30s on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it received seven Golden Raspberry Awards, including Worst Picture, Worst Actor and Worst Actress. And when you watch it, like, it's not really good it's not good like it's not a good movie at all like it's very very cheesy and it's very very predictable and it's kind of telling as well that Lawrence Kasdan the guy who wrote it he wrote it in the 70s and he wrote it specifically for Diana Ross and Steve McQueen Uh, now Kevin Costner actually took that inspiration if you like to heart because he cut his hair to resemble Steve McQueen and he kind of based all his movements and his dialogue on Steve McQueen And, you know, Whitney Houston and Diana Ross, they are comparable talents in terms of, you know, they're both very well-known singers, both, you know, crossover acts, and both were eager to get into acting. But beyond that, I mean, you know, I don't think they had much chemistry when you watch it. It certainly doesn't show up on screen. Whitney Houston was good in it. I mean, I think she is able to, obviously, you know, it wasn't much of a stretch to her. Imagine her playing a singer. She had her troubles with stalkers. That's... You know, well known and well documented, and obviously that played into the film as well. So, you know, I mean, for everyone involved, there wasn't much of a stretch. It's just that the direction of it and Lawrence Kasdan's script was really, really predictable. Like, you could just really feel the beats coming a mile off. You know, the idea of, you know, he's used to protecting corporate VIPs, and now he's, you know, doing this thing for a, a singer that he doesn't even want and has no respect for, and all this kind of thing. It's fine, but, you know, like it doesn't, it's, maybe it's just because The Bodyguard is such a well-known and becomes such a part of popular culture that it now feels retroactively like it's been a cliche, but maybe in the 90s it wasn't. I, I, I can't really remember, to be honest. Of course, the song is the thing that remembers. I Will Always Love You it was originally recorded by Dolly Parton in the 70s. And it features in the movie quite a lot when Kevin Costner brings uh, Whitney Houston to a bar that he drinks in. They dance around to it, and they're dancing around to the Dolly Parton version of it. And then, of course, it's it plays out at the end when she's walking off the uh, airplane. And that's something I actually talked to Jo about. Jo remembered that and said it really made her cry. And you know, it's i it has more of an impact than I think people give it credit for. And it's even funny as well, when I actually went to search for notes on this, the first thing that came up, of course, was uh, the TV series Bodyguard, the one that's on Netflix now with um, Rob Stark from Game of Thrones and uh, Keely Hawes and all that kind of thing. So, and, and, of course, people compare Bodyguard with the Bodyguard. So it still has an impact. From Joe's perspective, I mean, the thing I was kind of interested to see was, was were there elements of it that were kind of fashion forward and she did talk quite a lot about the design of it stuff that like she said may have unknowingly been influenced by it and also as well just the impact that it had on her own career and her own sense of style and design so uh, this is my chat with Joe Lennon about the bodyguard You were saying before you came in that you have a story about Kevin Costner. Yes, I do. What is the story?
1: This story. Now, I'm not sure if this story is real or not, but I grew up in a town called Mallow, outside of Cork. <laughs> and how Every, people f- know Mallow. Like
0: don't even, <laughs> I grew up in this <laughs> small I? little town. Yeah, Mallow is well known. It is.
1: It is well known. Okay, it's it's a town, and uh, in the town there is this huge castle. Yeah, and many people may not know this but Mallow has lots of like showbiz connections so obviously Oliver Reed was Sure yeah, buried, killed him. Right? And there was a massive funeral and everyone came to that but there's also a castle in Mallow which Michael Jackson used to rent That's right. on occasion and rumour has it that Kevin Costner was visiting the castle I don't think Michael Jackson Was there at the time But he was staying in the castle Yeah And he was seen leaving Movie Magic Which was like The low grade version Of Extra vision Oh yeah
0: Every every town had them Right Oh yeah. really Yeah yeah. Oh, Klein, I a- yeah. Klein had Sunset Video That was our one
1: Oh fab Okay so he was seen Walking back to the castle With an arm full of DVDs Or I guess Videos Videos, been been videos. that stage. Yeah 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 and that was like the talk of the town for that whole summer. I didn't see him. I'm devastated, but I hear that happened.
0: That's yeah, and like I mean, did anyone see what movies Kevin no! Costner was writing now? Like? That's
1: what I wanted to know. I can't remember who told me, but I was like, who, like, what was he watching? Yeah, I can't imagine what he would watch. I wouldn't.
0: I mean, I don't know unless he was like dances. Well, unless he was watching himself, like you know what I mean.
1: Do you think he's the kind of guy who would watch himself?
0: Oh, I definitely think really? that. I definitely think oh, that. I definitely think so that. Sad. I think. I know that's uh, no, but there, I mean. Right, what I would say about Bodyguard is, is that it, it, uh, when I, I, I watched it again for the first time in like literally in decades. Like, it's been out a while. It, it's been out a while. But like, I mean, I remember, this is showing my age now, but I can remember when that was out in cinemas. I remember when that was like everywhere and that song was everywhere. And just, it was just this really big... It was huge. It was huge. It, it was, was massive. Absolutely massive. Mm. Um, When did you first see The Bodyguard?
1: So I watched it, not in the cinema, but I watched it... On TV with my mom, and so that must have been the mid '90s. Yeah, like '95-ish. Ish, it must probably. have been because yeah. it was on TV, and she was such she's such a big music fan, and we loved watching anything musical together. Yeah. So she was like, "Let's sit down and watch this," so I can just remember sitting down and watching it and just being like blown away. It had everything. Like as a little girl, like it, the music was amazing. Whitney Houston is so beautiful in it. The costumes are amazing. Like Kevin Costner is every. Yeah. Every girl's dream. Let's be honest.
0: Really? <laughs> what well, like I mean, me. I mean, no, it's just yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean. It, 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 it... It's funny because, like, again, obviously, this is just looking at it from the prism of now and stuff. But like, he dresses really terribly in a
1: terribly like, and oh my god, it's so bad, it's so bad, and he's so like, he's kind of like a dad, like, going to the the office. But um, I guess like it's it's I guess it's like any movie that you love, it's of a time when you know you're very like emotionally connected to it, and it just resonated so deeply with me, and I watch it. A couple of times every year. Do you? Yeah, I really, really it's do. It's that, like, it's, it's that ingrained it is, in you, like... It is. I love it so much. I, and I really, even when I was, I was watching it earlier this week, just to kind of remind myself, and even then I was like, what is it that I, like, love so much, but I think it's everything. And I'm such a huge Whitney Houston fan. Yeah. And, I mean, that was her, oh, really course. her moment, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um And... Yeah, it's just it's wonderful.
0: Can we talk about like just to dr- drill into Kevin Costner because I'm sure you probably know this already, but originally it was written for Diana Ross and for Steve McQueen. Yes, and that he actually like cut his hair to look like Steve McQueen. Yeah, and he's he basically, it. and it's weird because like you're watching, it's like he's just being Steve McQueen in this like I don't okay, know okay like,
1: again right as an adult looking at that I can be like yeah okay but I guess at the time not knowing that I was like wow like he's so amazing <laughs> he's but so now mysterious I can see. yeah like oh
0: he's so mysterious <laughs> he's saying nothing yeah oh. he
1: totally just stole that yeah and I remember hearing as well that um, the first couple of cuts of the movie were so bad that like audiences responded like so badly, like test audiences that they completely recut it because Whitney Houston was so terrible in it yeah but she was being coached by Kevin so yeah I don't know who was leading who yeah <laughs> like
0: that's actually that's uh, yeah cuz like it, okay I'm Be gonna honest. Say, no it's I okay. Will. you
1: can you can hurt me
0: it's okay. no 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 i mean like it's a bad film like, <laughs> it's a bad film like it really is a bad film like i, I, I mean and don't get me wrong like i totally i totally understand there are terrible movies that you have this emotional connection with For that sure. you just you're like, I know this is shit. I know this is a bad movie. I can't help myself. I'm really, really sorry. This is, is a toxic relationship.
1: It is one of those. Yeah, it is. It is. And it like,
0: is. Whitney Houston, God bless her. I mean, I know <laughs> she's dead now, but that woman couldn't act.
1: No, no. And yet, like, it did so well. And oh, And it yeah. did so much for her. Maybe maybe films don't need to be that good to like... Oh, no, you God, know, no. You know, it was nice and like, broad. Um, But yeah, it is, it is a bad movie, but it just... I don't know, it just definitely struck a chord and it still strikes a chord with me. I don't even know if it's that bad. Do I know it's that bad? I don't <laughs> That's know. That's you're, like, you're just like, I don't
0: care. I don't care if it no. is, you can't see it. No. Tell me this, I mean, her performance in it, because like, obviously, you know, at that time she was still very, very well known. Like she was coming off the back of all her Grammy wins and all that kind of thing. And, you know, she was this having this moment. But when you're watching it, like, I, at least for me anyway, I didn't feel like she was giving of herself in the sense of like, I don't feel like she was being open about the pressures that she was, that we now know she was facing. Do you know that sort of way?
1: No, absolutely not. Like Like, it
0: was just given this really sort of like glamorized version of the life and that she was really happy and like she was really carefree and all this kind of thing. When of course, you know, if you've seen any of the documentaries that Whitney Houston did, Mm -hmm. she had a very tough life.
1: Absolutely. And I guess maybe that's kind of part of why... Like being such a big fan of hers, looking back at the bodyguard, it is such a it's such a separation from what she was actually going through. And you're right, she didn't portray anything of herself in that movie. It's very much a character who, yeah, there's like the dark parts of you know being stalked and her her bad relationship with her sister and everything. But yeah, she's a very different person, and I guess that's part of why you know, nobody knew really what was going on. Yeah. with her. She was really good at, at just kind of keeping up this front and living yeah. that life for, for everyone else, really. Yeah.
0: I mean, could you imagine Diana Ross in the role? Because she was like the original choice. I, I don't really, think I could. I
1: couldn't either. And I also read that Debbie Harry was in the oh, mix. Oh, no,
0: no. That would have been...
1: Dreadful. I yeah. just can't... Like, as bad as the movie is, according to you, no, like, I, I can't <laughs> imagine anyone else I can't imagine anyone else playing that role. Yeah. Um. Except for her. She just... It, it was really like just, just a time for her, I think. Yeah, it's really, really amazing to go back on.
0: Tell me, the it. now the song, the song that kind of everyone knows, of course, is the Dolly Parton. Yes. Hit. Um, but it's funny because when they're like, when they're dancing along in the bar and sort of thing, and she talks about it being a cowboy song and stuff like that. And of course, it ends with her singing it Sing and everything. It. Um, that, I th- Okay. Again, this is—I I, swear—I'm really not doing this to be like Devil's Advocate or be an asshole or whatever. I think <laughs> well, Dolly. You're Part- the critic. Okay. No, but I'm just saying. Like, I prefer Dolly Parton's version. I, oh. I just because I think I think that like Whitney Houston, incredible voice, mm. incredible singer. That song is so fucking showy, though. She's just like Do she. You really think I really, th- I think it's such a showy uh, iteration of that song. Like, I feel like Dolly Parton's was more soulful. It was more real.
1: Well, Dolly is like an entity unto herself. You can't compare anyone to Dolly. But I love what I love about the Whitney version is I don't think it's showy at all. I think that was just her voice. That's just what came out of her. Yeah. Like I I remember reading that when she recorded um, "Run to You" in that movie, she had a cold. Like she was just so naturally talented. So I I I appreciate that. But no, I think that was just that's just her. It just came out of her her that way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because it kind of plays into it. The reason why I thought that it was so showy is because. That really, and it's a very, it's a really small scene in it. But when the sister is standing outside and she's singing that gospel song or yes, whatever it is, that's and so sad. It's a really sad scene, and then Whitney Houston comes up behind her and then just totally it takes the show, totally like just completely like sandbags her. And it's like, I was watching, it was like you know your one was had a beautiful voice, uh, but then your one just came in behind it was like up. Oh, Oh, no, it's my song.
1: this That's the funny thing about her. Like, she's a very unlikable yeah. person in the movie. Like, you constantly are kind of irked by her and annoyed by her actions. She treats Kevin so badly. Yeah. Poor Kevin gets kicked around the place. She's, yeah, she's not a nice character at all. So... But yeah, yeah, okay. So maybe maybe that you think that's, that's a a, more that, ego.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a very ego-driven, yeah. version of what is a beautiful song. Like and like, even though when they talk about like, listen to the lyrics, like, and it is very sad. And I just feel that when she did, I know this is sacrilege. I know you're looking at me now, <laughs> like I'm, like I'm. If
1: only you could see my. face. It's like
0: you the the, the, the level of disgust.
1: I, I I love Dolly. I I'll I'll let you have
0: that one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Speaking of like Dolly and fashion and what have you, um, the metal armor thing that she wore for oh. Queen of the Night. And um, I, I, I I was watching, I was, I, part of me was thinking, like, you know, Janet Jackson kind of did that a few years later. Like, I feel like there was a bit of a ripoff there or something. There or.
1: totally was. And I heard that that outfit appeared in some weird, like, low-end sci-fi yeah. TV something years later. But anyway, yeah, it was a total rip off. And I think even looking back on that, like, it was, it was, the costumes were amazing. Yeah. And that costume designer, was kind of a no, I don't want to say a nobody if she heard me. I can't even remember her second name, Susan something. But she didn't do a lot of yeah. big movies. She just did that. But it was so iconic. And like, I think a lot of pop stars have taken note of that. Like, oh, a lot of Lady Gaga stuff is, yeah. is super over the top like that. And it was really, really, really beautiful. Um, even like her, her outfit for the Oscar scene yeah, was the gorgeous. Yeah, or even the yeah. cape thing.
0: Like, that's like, I, I felt like, like, Oh, when it was well, I, I note I made to myself when she was wearing the cape thing was like oh yeah Prince did that yeah when he came is. up yeah
1: there is that trickle-down I think even if you however you feel about her anyone who kind of wanted to be a pop star in the 90s was de- definitely deeply affected by her and was affected by that movie I mm. think it is just that kind of Ridiculous over the top pop star. Like, what do you think being a pop star is in your head? And anyone who has gone into that has been like, has had a trickle down effect. Yeah. The costumes are incredible. It's I mean, did up- and,
0: because you've watched it so much and like because it is obviously clearly a touchstone for you. I mean, you as a stylist. I mean, has has you ever kind of been? I guess. Have you ever been in a style a, a situation where it's like, oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm clearly going to reference Bodyguard here? Or I, her, like one thing I would think of because I know you do interior styling yeah. as well. Like the bit with the room, her oh, room,
1: amazing. Like <laughs> I actually never thought about that, but when I was watching for the last time, I was like, that is something I would love to emulate. I haven't like I haven't exactly emulated anything um, from the movie, but I'm seriously obsessed with the nineties. So yeah. I think. Every like Every look in that Every time I watch the movie I get something new And definitely implement Like little nods Here and there Like I love her headscarf At the end When she's like Running yeah. off the plane like, I was like What a cool thing To like bring headscarves Back in Maybe I'll look at <laughs> that
0: <laughs> I do You do see that though Like I feel like a headscarf And like even like The white shirt thing The way she has it all tied up Like that's very
1: It's very 90s And very now It's yeah. very a kind of normcore That's come back Yeah, yeah. It's totally classic to look at.
0: Yeah, like, especially, like, Kevin's... Like, that's... I'm glad you mentioned normcore because that's exactly what Kevin Costner was wearing oh, throughout this. Total normcore, and yeah,
1: like, very light, light grey. And, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's definitely the style icon. Maybe he is to some, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, like, the big jeans and stuff like that and just the... <sighs>
1: yeah. Love him, Levi's. Yeah, so right? So many pairs of Levi's and white sneakers. <laughs> I love
0: and it. even the house as well. Like, the again, like, the house that they... Like, the... I guess the penultimate scene in it when, like, the guy gets into the the hideaway house and all that kind of thing. It's very, um... It, it's very 90s. Like, there, it, there was just, like, a string of movies in the 90s that seemed to be set far up the mountains with wood yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> built... All, like, you know, like, this amazing... Log cabin. He- yeah. yeah, log cabin. This amazing log cabin that they just had there kind of thing. Just, Nothing
1: nearby. Yeah. A lovely lake, a boat. Actually, it's... Re- I don't know if this is, like, a comparison to draw, but, um... I saw *Stars Born* last week, which yeah. I loved, and obviously completely different plot lines. But I thought it was interesting that, like Kevin Costner, really fought for Whitney Houston to be in that role. Nobody else really thought that she should be. She hadn't acted before, and Bradley Cooper really fought for that. Yeah, Gaga, took yeah. that, and they both enjoy log cabins in parts of Interesting, interesting so, parallels. <laughs> interesting parallels. That's what the parallels are. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting. Two kind of leading men who were like. This person has lungs and, and, has can sing the, has and, a and maybe can act.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess, I mean, it's not a stretch to imagine like Lady Gaga playing a singer. In the same way, it's not a stretch to imagine Whitney Houston playing a singer and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I suppose. It's not that kind of. Kind of an easy bet. <laughs> but no, I mean, I guess like, you know, it is her, it is her, in terms of her film roles, it is the most iconic one that she's ever done. I mean you Absolutely. can't you couldn't like point to I don't know the preacher's wife or something like that and say it's similar because it's not like
1: No. And I wonder like I don't I don't ever like even in the documentaries and stuff I know that she had a really hard time during the movies like yeah. she miscarried and I don't think it was a very particularly happy time in her life but I wonder how she felt about the movie because it was one of those things that kind of shadowed her career Mm. and that she was associated with like forever. Yeah. You know, even like when she, when she passed, it was the bodyguard that people talked about. So I I would love to know if it was one of those things that she felt really catapulted her or if it was one of those things that kind of maybe held her back from doing things that she wanted to Mm. do. I think it was one of those kind of career defining moments that, it could have gone either way. I'm, I would love to know how she yeah, felt about
0: it. it's weird because I, I, I personally think she was, I, I, from my own understanding of it, I always felt like she was kind of ambivalent about it. Mm. I mean, it, it never... There was never talk of her doing a sequel. There was no. never talk of like, you know, oh, oh, we want to do another movie with Whitney Houston in it. Like, That's I mean, so it, true. And like, compare that to somebody like Mariah Carey, who oh. very much wanted to launch herself as this... Movie star And wanted to be An actress God love her And like it just Didn't happen for her no, Although that again Like I mean like Sapphire and stuff like that That thing That's true She was great in that But it wasn't It wasn't much of it Like
1: Yeah but I And I think that was Like a symptom of her talent Was that she Was kind of Was so talented So effortlessly And Yeah it kind of just I think a lot of things Washed over her So mm. yeah Maybe she didn't even Really think about it That's interesting Yeah I always wondered if she Looked back on it With like love or hate But maybe it was neither.
0: Mm. What is your favorite scene in the bodyguard?
1: <gasps> oh, there are so many.
0: Is there one in particular that you'll always like point to and be like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely that." <sighs> if you had to recommend if you had to recommend the movie to somebody based on one scene.
1: You know what? It has to be the ending because my best friend Jennifer and I are mutual huge fans of the movie. Sure. I'm a pessimist and she's Sorry, I'm an optimist and she's a pessimist. Right. every time we watch The Bodyguard, individually or together, we always have the same argument about the ending. Right. Because obviously she's on the plane, she says goodbye to him. Yeah. She gets on the plane, the song comes on, then she stops the plane, gets off, runs into his arms. And I think that that was them coming together and maybe they had a relationship afterwards. Even though I know that's not the case. And Jennifer always says no it definitely isn't that was their last goodbye and we always have this back and forth about it so i actually really love watching it and then calling her and being like no 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 i watched it again and i'm sure that this is this is the way it goes
0: that's very interesting because i like i i would think they it, i would be of oh, jennifer's opinion i think that like that was the final kiss that was them it kind is. of putting <laughs> the button on the relationship yeah and it's like they and like it it even says in the song i will always love you Yeah, I'm I'm not what
1: you need. See you later. Yeah, I got what you need. Goodbye like I know, but a little part of me is like, maybe she got the song out of it. You know, he's there doing his new job. Maybe she was like, "Mm, just give him a little squeeze, like, see you later. No?
0: No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No.
1: Well, it's fun to discuss, and I think you can tell a lot about a person which ending they choose?
0: Thanks a lot, Joe. <laughs> thanks, thanks a bunch. Pesimist, thanks for yeah, thanks for, for, for sure. really kind of pushing on that. Well, on that note, we're going to leave it there. Oh, uh, that um, was so
1: lovely to revisit that with you. Was it? Yeah. Thank you. I Appreciate that.
0: Um, Joe Linnehan, thank you very, very much. Anything you want to plug before you go? Not a thing. Not Listen a thing.
1: Listen to the show, all the episodes. <laughs>
0: thanks a lot.